right. Welcome, everyone, once again to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 162 here. Altai, joined this week by one, the only. Omer. Indeed. You know, I still feel weird saying Omer because I'm Remo. I'm Remo. Right? I, I go by Remo. A lot of my friends call me Remo. But on this podcast, I'm always Omer. Well, we, well, you know what's funny? You're actually not Omer because right to the left of your name in the little circle bubble. It does say Remote. It Maybe says Remote. I should just start saying Remo or Remote because it's weird because I, I call, I, I know a lot of my friends' names online, right? My internet friends' names. But I know all their real life names, but I call them all by their internet names. It would just be weird to call like my buddy Canaris by his real name. You know, it's just, it just, I, I go, he's Canaris in my eyes, you know? I'm Remo. But anyway, let's, uh, we have a spicy weekly raid this week. Fueled by a, a bit related to, I think, two weeks ago, we talked about, um, I guess, uh, sexism and whatnot. And we have another good story to cover this week. And it's by one, the only Kotaku, I think. They're usually they're usually on the ball with uh, with, with their hit pieces on gaming. You know? Let's hear yeah. it, Altai. Take All it right. away. Well, I'll take it away. So first, I, I decided to combine a couple different assaults coming uh, Riot's way this week into this lovely title, Riot's Writer's Week. Riot's Week. Altai, are you proud of that one? I'm very proud of this. Uh, the pr- riotous doesn't really. I mean, it, it just sounds really weird. Riotous, riot, it's a riot, riotous. It's week. been a riot of a week over there. At riot, riot rambunctious, riotous week. Put, put more R's in there. All right. Enough R's. Enough R's. All right. So go. basically, you know what? As you guys all know, Riot has been at the top of the pyramid for many years now, right? And it, it's not easy being king. It's not easy being the alpha, because at the second you show a little weakness, okay, and the little chinks in your armor, they they, they pounce. You know, the other competing. Uh, uh, we, we don't say chink anymore. That's not very uh, that's not very <laughs> politically correct these days, all right? Don't worry about Continue. it. So uh, this week, uh, Riot got hit by uh, two salvos. The first and more interesting is this whole sexual sexism shit that uh, Kotaku hit them with. So I'll bring that up first. It's a pretty long investigative piece. I got it. Whether you agree or not with it or if it's inflated or not, which, you know, we could talk about spoilers it is yes but uh, you know what's funny at least they did some uh they actually went out there and interviewed some employees and stuff and it's a pretty long piece it's interesting i don't think it proves sexism though it does prove that the work environment and right is very juvenile i think we can agree on that mm-hmm. so uh again the work environment is many different environments and there's many different people all right it's not right. you can't label the entire environment as juvenile all right you can label oh, people there juvenile. oh i can i just did but, but oh you just did all right all right go ahead yeah <laughs> So let's 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 run down a few of the arguments. So they interviewed uh, several dozen uh, former and current female employees at Riot, which, by the way, employs over two thousand five hundred people. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you find you know twenty to forty people to interview over a couple of years, you're gonna find everything everything you want. Right. Some people are mad yeah, at, about being fired. People didn't fit in. Right. So two thousand five hundred mm-hmm. people. You know, forty over a couple of years. It's not a not a huge sample size, but some interesting stories uh, to go. Do you do you have a favorite favorite story, or should I just pick one? I have quite a few. I mean, okay, the whole premise of the article uh, before you get into it is essentially that, that Riot Games is the culture at Riot Games and the environment at Riot Games is toxic for female workers. And it creates, it's basically, you know, if you're, if you're a girl, if you're a woman at Riot Games, you really can't advance because everyone is sexist and your manager is sexist and they're going to promote men over females and that they're all about hiring real gamers. And the, 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 the ideal image of a true writer is a hardcore gamer and girls can't be hardcore gamers. And because of that, like all these girls are discriminated against. And that's the essential crux of the entire piece. And it goes to lots of different stories about how, um, about, uh, about examples of this happening throughout the years. So there are a lot of stories. I do want to say at the beginning, it, 
the first story at the top, literally the top of the article, just really caught my surprise. I read, I read the entire piece, and I recommend anyone interested in this stuff do read the entire piece. But like, no, I, I didn't question the authenticity of anything in this article except this one start at the beginning, because literally this woman Lacey apparently brings up an idea at a meeting, and everyone says, "Ha ha, that's a horrible idea, right?" And the next day she decides to ask one of her male coworkers to bring up the exact same idea at the, at, at the next meeting. And then when when the next male when the male uh, co coworker does that, everyone says, "Oh my god, that was an amazing that was an amazing idea!" Cheer, applause all around. And then Lacey concludes that you know this is a hostile work environment for me, and that Riot just hates women. That's like that seems like such a meme that like she they would use that example. Like it could have happened, but that's like such a meme that they present the exact same idea the next day, and everyone approves of it. But the first time they all hated it. So I don't know. First it, of all, it, it, it was hmm. days later, not one day. Okay. And two, I can actually – I can see this being a real story, but I just don't think it's sexist. Okay, imagine you hear something, right? You'll think it's a stupid idea if, if, to you, right? But if a couple of days later you hear from someone else who you also respect. Like let's say all – every employee in this meeting was equal level, okay? Okay. So Omar brings up an idea. Whoa, what if you have an app for like trading sodas? And I'm like, that's stupid. You know, shut up. And then a week later, someone else I respect, like say Gumball, comes to me. Hey, I have, real, I have this really interesting idea. How about an app that shares soda? It's really growing. Like, this idea. I'm like, wait. I heard that before. Now he's talking about it. Now he's talking about it. Maybe maybe there's something to this, you know? So I think hearing it twice at different meetings by different people, I think just reinforced. It's kind of like it brought that idea up, uh, just hearing it multiple times. Yes, but I just I just hate the fact that that was the start of the article because that seems like the most, like, cliched sexual harassment training example, like how, you know, it, it was such a textbook example. Then I don't I know. But that's the only piece in this entire story I question the authenticity of everything else just seems like yes it's all of this stuff is viable and this stuff could happen I but actually, there's reasons why it happens i think well i, I think my uh anti-feminism meter is higher than yours because i lost it at literally the first sentence of this article all right let's hear it okay so i'm gonna read the first article the first sentence to you guys okay throughout her three years at riot games the company behind league of legends Lacey, made it her mission to hire a woman into a leadership role okay so this article is about sexism at riot right the only one sexist at riot is Lacey. She actually said, she's admitting that my only goal is to hire a woman to leadership. It's not to hire the best candidate that comes forward, black, white, male, female, you know, somewhere in between. She said, I'm just trying to hire a woman to leadership. Damn, mm. damn all the other qualified candidates. So who's wow. the sexist now? Does this lady or like Riot? It seems like that's kind of sketch, yeah. Literally the first sentence says, I'm just looking to hire a woman. Don't care. Don't care about anything else. Are they good? <laughs> are they good programmers? Good leaders? Managers? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's pretty messed up. Uh, again, it's literally she's there to hire not the most qualified candidate uh, to find a woman for that mm -hmm. job. But throughout this piece, there are a lot of interesting anecdotes and stories about um about you know what's going on at Riot Games. And actually, what I do like is um what what's interesting is that Riot's Games' uh, motto for their hiring is that loving what you do is mandatory, and you won't fully appreciate a gamer's perspective unless you are the one. Unless, unless you are one. We're not looking for a feedback reverse. You need conviction, passion, and horsepower to excel at Riot. Those lines, they got removed. They removed those from their, their hiring page. And now it says, whatever you play, if you make time to play, you're a gamer. So they, 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 they went from basically saying, we want hardcore gamers. to you know what? If you go play any game, we like you. You're a gamer. I think that, that, that that's changing, I guess, their culture a bit to be a little more uh, lax and hire whoever. Well, they were changing it because they had some really funny examples come out. And I thought this one was yeah. really funny. So That's uh, your... If you guys played, uh, let me see if I can spell this right. Uh, let's see. 
All right, so some in a, during an interview, right? This woman uh, is being interviewed, and then she has to prove that she's a gamer, right? Mm-hmm. So the guy interviewing her asks her, like, "What games do you play?" Like World of Warcraft. Okay, like, what do you do in the game? And then he he asks her, well, "What's your favorite trinket?" And all this, so and then she after like an hour of this, it's an hour long interview. She's being fact checked on her gaming story, and then she's because and then she gets the impression that they're trying to check if she's a real gamer or not. And she's saying none of the men who said, you know, they play WoW, were asked what their favorite trinket was, or like, you know, like, they're being, it's so funny, imagine being quizzed on whether you play a game or not. Your gamer credentials, I think it matters, I I think that's not at all unreasonable, especially when they're, the Riot's culture, and it's been said countless times by Mark Merrill, as well as their own hiring practices, that they're looking for hardcore gamers, and when you're looking for hardcore gamers, the reality is there aren't many women that qualify as a hardcore gamer, so if somebody says, you know, if, if a woman says that, like, she can bench like 300 pounds or something, right? I, I don't know. Like, women are just biologically weaker than men, okay? And they can't bench bench press as much weights. So if a woman says she can bench like 300 pounds, that's not necessarily impossible or you know extremely difficult for a guy. Like 250 pounds would be 200, whatever. I mean, yeah, I, don't I, I bench 300, no problem. Oh my god. Let's 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 see. You cannot bench. You cannot bench. If a guy says they can bench 200, okay, let, let's bring the number down to more reasonable number. And, that is pretty reasonable, right? No. What do you mean it's not reasonable? I don't think the average guy can bench 200. I didn't say average. But fine. fine. Oh, let's, uh, let's say let's say one, let's say one fifty. Okay. Let's say the average guy can bench one fifty pounds. All right. I don't I don't do weightlifting, so my numbers are definitely <laughs> skewed over there. So, so let's say mo- let's say the average person can bench one fifty pounds. We're going to a gym after this somewhere, by the way. We're going to a gym after this okay. podcast. Okay. And you know, I think most people when they hear oh, I can bench one fifty, right? If a guy says it, they're going to say yeah, that's that's perfectly reasonable. You know, assuming they're not like four feet tall and hundred pounds. You know, that's not that's not unreasonable. If a woman that's of you know of normal build says they can bench 150 that raises a couple eyebrows you want you might want to fact check that you know and the reality whoa, is whoa, 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 whoa. i don't hmm. buy that first of all she's not saying she's like a top tier raider in wow she's just saying i play world of warcraft no no she's no she didn't say she played world of warcraft she says you're raided okay but not okay. top tier anyone can raid in wow you just go lfg raid that's it okay from 2000 from 2004 if you're raiding 2004 world Two, of warcraft 2015, early, 2015 okay no that was when the interview was right yeah that's her favorite trinket from. Uh, it doesn't matter. We don't know when the rating took place. Anyway, the point is, they want to hire the high, the highest echelon of players, right? And the reality is, a game like World of Warcraft has like twenty percent or less female players, if I remember correctly, from the from the Quantic Foundry article we discussed last week, right? And of the top tier players in those games, what percent do you think are women? In fact, we know for a fact that over ninety percent of players at League of Legends are men. That was released by Riot Games themselves. They said over ninety percent of our players are men. And of the hardcore players in the top, what well, that's to be two percent women or less. So the reality is, you do have to fact check sometimes. You do have to, you know, when when a woman says something in this area, it requires because the reality is they want to create a culture on you know gamers, right? Yeah. So if someone's you want to you want to make sure the people you hire fit into that culture, and if she fits into that culture and she's legit, let her in, you know. But if she's if she's viewed by her peers as like a fake or, or an e girl or a fake gamer, the <laughs> The reality is that does create culture clashes. And if they want to hire, you might, you could argue uh, reasonably that they're actually wasting their time by hiring hardcore gamers. You can say they're flawed, right? You can say that metric is flawed, but that was their metric that they're going by and they're sticking by it by throughout this hiring process, which I don't think is unreasonable. I think whether whether that's their culture and whatever, it's kind of cringy. It's kind of cringy that they're like, I remember she's not saying she had a problem with them asking it, her uh you know her trinket the tone of it was so different than a man and you're saying it's because less women play wow and therefore yes she yes could be. but like 
I guess they thought she was just lying about playing WoW. But it's just a weird. It's a weird. That's a weird interview. I think. Well, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a weird interview. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> yes, it, it's weird, but the reality is that there are there are repercussions to hiring that woman, right? And you have to make sure that she's legit. If she's legit, there's no problem, right? And and all the weirdness should be getting out of the way at the hiring process. Get that out of the way, and then once she's hired, you know, it should ideally be be okay. All right, here's another. Oh, we got some biddies by Joshies. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joshies. All right, I, I had another interesting part. Uh, Okay, so this is more about the bro culture at uh, Riot, not so much the sexism. Uh, here's, here's the quote. One former male employee said that Riot's bro culture is more pronounced behind closed doors and hurts men too. One of Riot's male's senior leaders okay, at Riot regularly grabbed his genitals, the source said, adding, if he walked into a meeting with no woman, he'd just fart on someone's face. <laughs> Imagine your senior leader in a meeting. Hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> just fart in your face. Okay, uh, that 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 one's pretty ridiculous. Um, uh, I can imagine they're Canadians from from South Park, <laughs> Terrence and Philip. <laughs> uh, okay, that one's just weird. Okay, and, and and the beauty of this one is that um, look, the guy would just literally fart on people's faces and grab genitals. Okay, and for both men and women. So arguably, this guy is not being sexist. Okay, he's grabbing genitals equally. All right, so he, he's an uh, equal opportunity uh, weirdo. He's definitely it's, it's it's definitely juvenile. Like I said, it's not sexist yeah. per se. It's just juvenile, and in as much that juvenile and sexism line up, it's it's sexist. But that's not like the, that's anyway, not the thrust. The point of the article though was again throughout anecdote after anecdote, they try to explain that it's very obviously bro culture that's anti woman, right? That's that's the thesis of the article, right? And before we, before I I want to debunk the thesis for a second, but before I get to that, there's another interview question which I thought was pretty bizarre, right? So one evidence that it was very anti female is that a former female employee told Kotaku that she was asked, quote, how big is your e-peen by an interviewer who was questioning her over her gaming habits? Now, there's nothing sexist about that question. It's very clear if you've played video games for any amount of time, e-peen literally just means your your rank, your capability, your accomplishments. That That's what e-peen means. So if you don't know what e-peen is and you're just assuming it's like some sexist term, it just feels like you're not going to belong at Riot Games. I mean, if they're hiring, if they're trying to hire people that are, you know, hardcore gamers, you should know what these terms mean. I don't think it's sexist at all to ask someone, yeah, so how big is your EP? You know, they're asking you basically, come brag. Brag to me about your accomplishments in gaming. And, and I don't see how that's a problem whether they're, they're asking that question to a guy or a girl. Uh, again, I think I think if someone asked me my EP, right, in an office setting, I think it's juvenile. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not sexist. Juvenile. It's definitely juvenile. No, the company, no, the company very clearly wants to hire hardcore gamers. And you, you have, you know, if you've been playing games, you, you know can, what they mean. You, they want you, you to brag. You can Tell be a hardcore gamer and also not be 12. Like, <laughs> these, these aren't, like, mutually exclusive. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that's fine. Anyway, I do want to debunk a bit of the thesis because the problem is, as you said before, this entire uh, hit piece basically encompasses, you know, Riot is over 2,500 current employees. And over the years, they probably had many more total employees that have ever worked for them. Yes. They've ever, They've only ever found, like, a couple dozen people that would speak to them off yeah. the record or on the record combined, right? Yeah. Uh, and the, the reality is... The number is 28. So they've only spoken to 28 current and former Ryan employees. Now, remember, 2,500 currently. With 28, they talked to over the, over the course of years. That's less than what? Uh, 1%. 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. Or so, 1%. Yeah, 1%. And, and, and obviously, over years, they probably... They, they, I think average employee training companies a few years or something too. So like they probably went through like 5,000 employees at Riot since their founding, if not more than that, right? Because people come and go all the time. So I think what happened was, I think Kotaku, from the get-go, they wanted to write 
a hit piece on sexism, right? That was their goal, okay? And and what they did was they reached out to everyone they could find at Riot, and they 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 had a story in mind, and they wanted to write that story, and they just found people to fill in the holes. Now, this happens a lot on every side of any issue, I think. Very often, reporters want to write something very specific and just finds evidence to fill in the holes. Like, the narrative is already in their mind, and they just find people to plug in those holes to create it. I mean, uh, on the positive side, they did have a few instances where they interviewed female employees, current employees at Riot, which much denied all this, all this stuff, basically saying that, like, you know, I can't speak for what I didn't see, but none of this happened with any of my coworkers or with anything I've ever done at the company. So people that work at Riot, women that work at Riot, deny basically any of this shit basically happening under their watch, but they can only speak for what they've seen. And they gave they gave two examples. There's a, there's a PhD responsible for like hiring people at Riot, and she talks about how like none of this ever happened, and uh, when she was hiring people or she, any of her coworkers, and that things are running fine. And there was another example um, of another woman too, just being very happy in, in their position there. So it, they did cite a few counterexamples to all their other anecdotes. So at least it was a bit more balanced in that regard. And again, I just want to emphasize that. I think they actually have a legit point with this, but not the sexism angle. Just the cringy frat bro angle. It's kind of annoying for men and women. There's one mm-hmm. one story in here I read. Uh, it links to another woman's story. She basically says outside the like the the manager's office, there's like computers, people working, right? And they were playing around a league like during the day because yeah. I guess if you work at a league, you can play league. Uh, and they were yelling at each other like F word, N word, G word. They just, you know, while they were playing. And this woman is sitting there like in an office setting, you know, doing some whatever work. And she's hearing these two guys playing uh, and just yelling obscenity at each other. Again, it's not sexism per se. It's just this, it's just really juvenile. And I, I would oppose it. And, you know, if I worked there, I would want kind of some kind of reform based on that, not the sexism angle. Okay, there's one, uh, there's one sentence which kind of triggered me if I want to use that word. Uh, if you search a label does not excuse people, you'll find what I'm talking about, Altai, and you can highlight it there. So basically, uh, Mark Merrill, co-founder, basically said to an email chain that a label does not excuse people to, to behave in an ineffective manner. All people need to be aware of their own strengths and weaknesses and learn to overcome the latter. While managers help everyone participate in meetings, individuals who struggle to fit into Riot's meeting culture shouldn't be surprised if managers and teams don't want to work with them, he said. He continued to say that many introverts at Riot have overcome the tendency to climb up in meetings and to, to provide feedback. And the thing to guard against is when someone has expectation that the world will bend to accommodate their unique situation to an unreasonable degree. Okay. And, yeah. Well, first of all, this it's good to know what this is referring to. There was one real exceptionally stupid woman in this article who complained that at meetings, uh, the other people in the meeting, the other guys were cutting her off. Okay. By the way, men do that to each other too. If you can't, yeah. Omar, let me finish. I'm cutting you off. So <laughs> if you if you can't get your message across right in a meeting with other like tough guys trying to you know um, rise in the company you don't deserve to be a manager you don't deserve leadership if you can't cut people off or you know turn them away or browbeat them or make them submit to you that, that's how that's what being a manager is the top manager is the alpha you know you, he's got to be able to cut you off he's got to be able to yell at you and and if you if you cower that means you're not the manager that's it yeah and have you never been in a conversation or an argument with other people you cut people each, uh, you cut each other off all the time okay yeah. not necessarily out of malice but you know you you get into the you, you get passionate right and it's really bizarre that a, a woman saying that I was cut off a lot is like an evidence of sexism. That has no place in this article. If you want to, like, they're trying to paint this very hostile work environment for women. But anyone that reads this article will very clearly see that getting cut off in a meeting or a conversation is not sexist. That happens to men all the time. In yeah. fact, it probably happens to less to women because you feel kind of bad about cutting off a woman. So you usually let them speak. But if, if you're a guy, I guarantee you get cut off way more often. In any heated discussion, you know, you're on top of each other. So it's it's and really bizarre that they use this. And the context is not like the low-level grunt. It's like don't yell at your don't yell at your secretary or like annoy her, right? But mm-hmm. if you're in a meeting of 
other uh, mid-level people, and then you have to impress your boss to see who gets to raise to vice president. You better believe you're going to be cutting each other off, stepping on each other's toes, making each other look bad, or you know, inflating yourself. That's just part of the you know the the tussle. So that that makes no sense. And then and then he's saying, oh, where are we? It's, there's some people who are saying it's bad for an introvert. It's a bad environment for an introvert. If you're an introvert, you probably shouldn't be a high-level manager. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you know break it to you. Uh, I I would not be a good manager for that reason. But I don't blame like sexism or anything for it. So in the next next paragraph, it goes, an, an ineffective manner is such a loaded term, said Fuller, pushing back on the phrase merely used. What does that mean? Someone who is an extrovert at Riot may think shit is just fine, but an introvert may not be able to push back on that. He's basically pushing Riot's extreme ideas of culture fit on everyone, saying if people cannot conform to that, they don't belong there. Yeah, they don't. If, if, if they you, don't belong there. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't stomach it, get, the, get out of the office, you know? What do you because want? again, Mark is coming from a place of extreme privilege. Yes, being able to communicate your ideas at a workplace and, and be an effective employee is privilege, apparently. And what if you, if you can't if you can't be productive in meetings and communicate your ideas, if you can't overcome your introvertedness or your weirdness or your, your ability to communicate, yeah, you don't belong there. This is not a controversial statement. This is a reality. He basically, you know, Riot wants to be an inclusive place, but they're not going to bend over backwards to make sure you know every you know to 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 to, uh, to, to your whim, you know, to, to accommodate every request by a person. It's not. It's not discriminatory at all. That part isn't. I, I do, but I, I still think the whole farting in people's faces, uh, swearing right. in the office while playing league. I, 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 I can get. I can get behind swearing in the office. Okay. No, it, I it can't. Shows your passion. No, I'm all for. By the way, I'm the most toxic. You know, I, I defend toxicity at home. You know, when you're playing online all the time. But there's a difference between you know sitting in your bedroom and you know calling people the n word, f word, g word, whatever, and being in the office g and doing word? it. Can't say gay. Is, is, I, I feel like oh, you can say gay. Oh, okay, whatever. The, the, the hard, the, the other word for gay that you can't the say. The hard F word. There you go. Yeah, that, that. That's the one. But anyway, so I don't think it belongs in an office because there is a difference of power dynamics. Like if the secretary says it, maybe she'll get in trouble. But like this guy can say it. Who knows? So I control for that. If anything, I, I would actually say that Riot Games is unusually inclusive, right? They have like uh, less than 10% of their player base is women, right? And they, they have 20% of the Riot Games employees are female. If anything, they're exceptionally inclusive, like twice the amount of inclusivity that they, they you know, that they're overrepresented in inclusivity, right? And despite being overrepresented in inclusivity, they still get this hit piece on them on how they're a they're toxic environment. And again, it's this this is not a there's been no evidence in this article that it's a culture of anti woman, a, a culture of, you know, sexism and misogyny. This is literally just a bunch of really weirdly interconnected uh, anecdotes about how some ex employees at Riot Games felt that they were discriminated against. When the reality is, if you have ex-employees, typically they're disgruntled employees that are pissed off their, at their, at their uh, worker, at, at their previous place of employment, and they can anonymously throw some shit at somebody, of course they're going to do it. If you got fired for any reason, you, if you had an opportunity to throw some shit at your previous workplace under an, 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 an anonymity, of course you're going to do it. So, I don't know. I, I think they could have made a... They, they should have made a stronger case or not at all, because I, I don't think... I think it's, it's, it's a very dishonest piece. I mean, again, they just wanted to write a hit piece, and I think they well, did it. But I think they succeeded. Like uh, so far, uh, Riot has only, has only put out a small statement, basically saying we're reviewing, we're listening, and then we're gonna we're gonna you know release a a wider uh, statement later. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you think they're gonna say? I think they're gonna fold. They're gonna get cucked. They're gonna say, "Oh, we want to create a harmonious workplace. We're gonna yes. stop all this stuff. We're gonna hire more women. We're gonna listen. We're gonna hire some like you know feminist person to like in our." initiation of our female cohesiveness you know branch or whatever i'll have to cut you off there uh tony grim 91 says right is gonna reply by farting in their faces that would be great 
I would, that'd, be, that'd be a great response. No, but uh, there's a, there was a few other examples. I think they, they cited, I think, two or three examples of basically what happened. You know, another example of how women are mistreated there was basically uh, some women felt that they did, you know, once uh, their managed, I think one manager was underperforming and this woman stepped up to the plate and like took over his responsibilities and did all this extra work. At the end of the day, somebody else got the job for the manager, right? And I feel like that happens all the time where, you know, there are many people running for a, a promotion and only one person gets it. And I feel you can easily feel like you deserved it more. But the reality could be that maybe the other guys deserved it more. You know, obviously you will always bias yourself. So I don't know. It, it just feels really bizarre to cite like some anecdotal evidences of people, of ex-employees feeling that they deserve the promotion more than somebody else. I will say for my very brief uh, encounters with men and women in the in the real world, mm-hmm. there's I think women, especially in the workplace, have a more have a lot higher chance to have a tendency to default towards they thinking the workplace is like merit, all merit and it's like fair right where where the guys know it's just you know hustling and they're like just taking what you can uh, like they don't women don't ask for raises as often as men do um the, the man is more likely to like you know get the woman to do the job for her him right yeah a man uh, it's very often it's often for a man asks hey can you help me with this and the woman helps him and then obviously at the end he just says I did this you know because yeah there's an informal agreement maybe but the guy doesn't care uh, why why would he like give credit to the woman who helped for no reason if it doesn't help him uh, so men are willing, men are more willing to do uh, I guess maybe some shady things or not even shady extremes just yeah extremes you know like uh, they, they, so that's that's one issue um, but there is a broader uh, financial problems at Riot you want to get into that no before there's actually one more thing I want to talk about it's actually pretty hilarious so apparently uh at like a senior meeting of diversity at a town hall meeting, right? They had a, they had a senior meeting where they talk about diversity, right? And sh- and immediately afterwards, after that meeting, they decided to bring in some sexy cosplay girls into the office. Have you, have you, show that video if you haven't seen All it right, yet. I've seen this. It's funny. This, this is actually hilarious. Because right after they talk about like how women are mistreated at, at Riot or as a, as a misogynistic culture, potentially, they decided to defuse the situation with some sexy cosplay girls, the spiral cats. So if you, if you skip like 40 seconds, you'll see like, a minute or so. You just skip, skip around the video until you find uh, the titties. You can see some good old, good skip old titties. Skip around until I find some titties. All right. Skip around until you find those beautiful titties. What a what a great time! To, you know, right after you talk about uh, right right after you talk about uh, how to treat women and more diversity at your office, bring in the sexy cosplay girls. I love it. Uh, you know what I love too. Uh, let me see if they mentioned this article. So they had a uh, in California where they're based. They have a mandatory. Uh, like some kind of sexual harassment seminar, right? Mm-hmm. And they titled their project like "Totally Not Mandatory Sexual Seminar." Like, yeah, I love it. They just like, took it as a joke. <laughs> That's I like it. I can, I can respect that. They actually have a. It, they they go with that meme in their game too because they have skins for characters. There's a, there's a Blitzcrank skin called "Totally Not Blitzcrank," right? It's Blitzcrank wearing like a a comical like mustache, mustache and glasses, right? And it's, obviously it is him, right? So they they kind of carry that meme into their sexual harassment training. Nice. I, can, I like it. Oh, here's what it's called. So their uh, seminar for required, uh, you know, hires is definitely not sexual harassment training. That's what their mm-hmm. sexual harassment training is called. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I respect it. But ultimately, I mean, it really just comes down to they want to hire hardcore gamers. You may disagree with that part, but the reality is like 98% of hardcore gamers are dudes. Okay. So the ideal image or a writer is a dude. And I think a lot of people have a problem with that, right? Because they're saying that oh, women should be more inclusive there too. But again, if if their goal is to hire uh, hardcore gamers, it makes sense that the ideal candidate 
for your for the, for this job at Riot is going to be a guy. It's just, it's just the way it is, you know. Less than ten percent of female you, players. You could say that for like people in, uh, involved in the design, right, mm -hmm. of the game. Sure. If if, if not if if the player base is ninety percent male, presumably the designer should be male to match their needs, right? But if you're if you're just a woman who's the answering programmers too, that's important too. Well, and the program, but what about the guys answering like tickets, like uh, support tickets? Why, if if a woman is ten percent faster than a guy answering support tickets, why shouldn't she get the job? Even let's say she plays no games, she has no idea what League of Legends is. She doesn't care. Because either. The, the reality is the 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 support worker who plays games is more in touch with the needs of the player and no, no, where no. their where their frustration is coming from. They tested. They it. No, there's a two. They've both have been there for two years. They're, they're gonna upgrade one to senior uh, email answerer. Okay. As a woman who's got 10% faster ticket rate, more completions, more positive outcomes than the man. Well, which one should be up? Which one should which one should be promoted to senior email answer? What? How? How, how is this real? The re, you create dude, the, the, the company culture is important too, right? When you have people that don't mesh in there, right? No, don't I don't think so. Games. I want to go to work, put on my headphones, answer my tickets for eight hours, and go home. I don't want to talk to anyone there. That, but that, you're that ignoring the fact that there are other people there, and you do interact them, whether the break room or whatnot. And generally, if you want to make everyone a hardcore gamer, you, you, you'll mesh with each other better. I think it's the same reason why this, you know, why there will be a never, there will never be women and men esports teams that work together. It, it can never happen because even if you find qualified women, which is going to be very difficult because the pool of players, I mean, not that women can't do very well on, on the high end of gaming, they can. But the problem is there just aren't that many women playing in the highest tier of gaming because, look, again, 10% of players in League of Legends are girls. You're not, addressing, you're not addressing what I was saying. Okay, I agree with you. Okay, in, ma in upper management, in development, in programming, right? If there's a scarce, if, if there's more men than women, that makes sense, right? Because, like you said, the audience is men, men try hard, whatever, or, or yes. try harding, or pro gamers or whatever. But there are a million tasks in a company, corporate office, right? Secretary. Where uh, do you think this, why do you, why do you write as 20% women? They're all what, working the phone sure, probably. Sure. But so here's what I'm saying. If those okay. people don't get uh, promoted relative to their male peers, then you have sexism. Because yes, that's, but but the, but I don't. Did, no, nothing in this article promoted that or even yeah, mentioned that. I agree. They're they're, they're, about more senior positions. They were looking at senior positions, and that's why I think the article was flawed. Yeah, sure, that's fair. But the reason you're not going, you will never have a, a pro esports team with one girl on it because the reality is the culture matters. Like she, you could say she could just be in a room with her headphones on all day. But if you're in a gamer house with like four like young men that are horny as fuck, it does. You could never work together efficiently. It, it, it can never happen, it, and it has nothing to do with sexism. It just, well, it just, it just well, not going to work. You know, the IDF, or the Israeli Defense Force, has they're, uh, very, they're, they're very progressive over there. They have a draft conscription for everyone, including men and women, and they are one of the most powerful fighting forces in the world. So I would have to disagree with you that. Men and women can we work have together. we have the Zhao Lin brings up the Shanghai Dragons, a professional Overwatch team, and literally I think the only girl, the only biological girl. We've had many trans women actually in in, in very high tiers of gaming. Biological is that the official term? Biological girl? I don't know what the official term is, but I, there, I like it, is, it is it is a point of differentiation because we have had many trans women <laughs> do very well in gaming, including Scarlet who did StarCraft Two. There was one uh, LCS player I believe that was also a trans woman, but. Of the, I think there's only been one biological woman. I hate using that term. It just sounds so silly. Biological. Uh, she played for Shanghai Dragons, and they literally never won a game. Right? They were like 0 and 40. So I'm not saying it's because of that, but I am saying it does make it very difficult to practice as a team and live under one roof without creating unnecessary drama. It it does create drama, and it does change the the camaraderie. It does change how people interact with each other. And for that, and that's a very similar reason. I think you know you, you do end up getting bro culture right and juvenile bro culture because 
it, it's not about excluding women. It's about maximizing efficiency. Okay. If, hold, 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 yeah. hold up. Bro culture is not efficient, by the way. And that's why I, we need to get to the second part of this article. Because so far, we're just talking about wishy-washy bullshit, the sexism stuff. But guess what? Val Riot Games is not efficient. It's a, sh it's, a, it's, a, it's a crap heap. They have one money printing machine, right? Yeah, they, League of Legends. Yeah, maybe years ago. And they've bloated the crap out of this company so much. They have 2,500 employees. P to put that in perspective, all of Valve, right, which runs Steam, Counter-Strike, Dota 2, all this other stuff, right? They have, in the entire platform, yeah. Yeah, they have less than 400. Okay, and you might think, well, what the heck are 2,500 people doing? Well, it's a good question because we don't know. What we do know is Tencent, which owns Riot, is starting to get fed up with the company. Uh, their little spat uh, started when uh, Tencent asked uh, Riot to make a mobile version of League. Uh, League said, no, we're not doing it. This is we're a PC game. Tencent was the boss, and we got pissed off. So it's fine. We'll do it ourselves. They made Arena of Valor, which, as you guys know, is, is very similar in graphics to League. And yeah. Riot got, the rioters got really mad, but there's nothing they could do because Tencent owns them. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they uh, apparently, over the years, Riot Games uh, has been trying to make you know multiple games, but none of them actually are any good. So they have multiple full-sized development teams working. Uh, and then, I mean, none of them released. None, none of them, them released. were never good. And they never actually even bothered to release because they were that bad. And, and they've actually released. bought numerous game studios as well. Yes, yes. And they never did anything with them. We were, we were supposed to have an announcement. They bought the guys that made that fighting game. Do you remember? Rolling Thunder or something? Yeah, Rolling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they were going to release like, some kind of game with that. But they, then, that announcement never came because there was nothing to announce because I guess they must have closed that project. And I'm sure over the years they've closed other projects too. They've burned through a lot of money. Yeah, and there's, a, there's an article by The Information. I have a link in the weekly radio. You guys can read it. Basically, uh, this March, they held a meeting at Riot. All, all uh, hands meeting, company-wide meeting. Uh, and they told everyone, basically, if we continue our current path, we're going to hit a deficit. We're going to lose money. Riot mm -hmm. Games, okay, and remember, March was a couple months ago, right? Yeah. They could be losing money, right? No, League of Legends. If could... things go as is, they could be losing money. Yeah, well, yes. that was a few months ago. So yes. presumably, uh, if things haven't improved since then, they're losing money or on the path to losing money. It's crazy. Losing... I mean, you know, people yeah. think that you know, League is this you know, top tier. You know, it's on the top of the mountain, but it can't support 2,500 people just pissing away money. Uh, and farting into other's faces all day instead of getting work done. But maybe, maybe the reason they can't get a game out, or they can't do it, took them twenty years to make a replay system, is because they're too busy farting into other's faces, having a bro culture, and drinking, you know, monster or something, and swearing at each other instead of actually getting work done. Well, yes, but again, I don't think it's a sexism issue. It comes there. I think Riot Games has always been very bloated. Okay, they've always taken forever to get things done. So there is something fundamentally wrong with the leadership over there, I think, because there's been no excuse on why you can't have a, a replay system in your game when literally Warcraft 3 and Starcraft 1 had it like 20 years ago, right? And it was, they kept teasing they were going to add it and it took them like, it took them God knows how many years to finally add one. And they're so slow to get things done. So there's definitely something uh, dysfunctional in Riot Games, right? Because it, it seems pretty ridiculous that a game that makes nearly $2 billion a year in revenue, you know, can't gush out money. And they have, it's insane. Twenty five hundred employees versus Valve's below four hundred, and Valve is Valve probably makes more money. Valve's probably a bigger company overall because they have multiple games and they make they print money with Steam. So it's probably a bigger studio, and they're doing they're doing more with less. This is definitely something wrong with Riot Games. I don't think it has anything to do with the necessarily the bro culture or it the. It's ah, cringy. It, 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 oh, it's cringy, but I think. Oh, hold I, I don't think hold on. Imagine you're in a meeting. Okay. okay. Your your boss comes up in the meeting. Hey guys, what's up? Who's got some ideas? And you're like, oh well, I think we should add this. To <laughs> you just fart in your face. Come on, what do you do? 
Everybody laughs. Morale improves. We all have a good time. Okay, everyone right? laughs. You you shelve your idea and you say, "You did. Oh, this is a bullshit place. So I'm gonna work here for a couple of years, get some money, and just whack off at work, play games, and then I'm gonna move out with my career." That, I don't know. Okay. That's a setting you set. But if you fart in Maybe. someone's face, come on. Okay, that part that part is juvenile and stupid. Okay, but I, I think more more actually look. Just, just so I don't appear, you know, incredibly one side in this issue to this. The one part about this entire Kotaku article, which I thought was like a, a, a evidence of literal, like, un, unacceptable behavior, was that email chain about the woman. Basically, there was an email chain going on, like, who, like, which girl at the office do you want to bang the most, right? And I think some, some of the senior, and, and, and one of the senior um, people walked up to this girl and said, you know, you should be happy. You're like, all the executives want to bang you, which is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, I get it if, if the lowly employees are just like being retarded with each other. I mean, that should be punished, obviously. But if the senior executives are just like passing around a list of like the girls they want to bang, that's pretty unacceptable in my eyes. That's true. And I su- you think something like that would be a little hidden, like they would use their personal email. But no, they were yeah. using company emails to rate the uh, the woman in the office. Literally, they're, they're coworkers. Like that's so obviously. The executives but- were too. They're, they're higher up looking down. Like just uh, that. That's unex- that is really weird. That's really bizarre. And I think obviously they, they should get punished for that. And yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, so Riot right. Games in middle school. Uh, Tony Grimm, I guess in some regards, yeah. That so, one's actually fucked up, though. So here's the big question now. Okay, so once again, if you read both the sexism claims and the more I, what I feel is the more important claims made in the information article about uh, Riot's declining player base due to, due to um, Battle Royale, you know, PUBG and Fortnite, which, by the way, Tencent has a big stake in both of those games. And apparently Tencent is pushing those now. They've kind of they've kind of put Riot and League in the back burner. It's not their focus anymore because they they, they see these two as upcoming genres. Uh, games. Also, you have to realize like this like the numbers. And I think they, they they did get a statement from um from Riot Games. Did you see the statement that they sent about the declining player base and that all hands on deck meeting? Uh, yes, I saw it as a bottom of the, the statement. Basically, yeah. just said you know basically yes we are we're off our all time peak numbers, but that's only because we're comparing ourselves to our peak. You know. And basically what this tells me is they were basically hitting all-time peaks until just recently. Like they were basically making new all-time highs in terms of peak and current users like every year until just 2018. Mm-hmm. So 2018 is the year where they, they are not breaking new records. They're slightly off their current record. And they're still doing incredibly well by any measure. So it seems more... And obviously Fortnite became incredibly popular. PUBG became popular. And those are definitely drawing some users away. And that's reasonable. And I think League's problems have nothing to do with uh, their, their, their numbers, their, their concurrent player-based numbers. Or their monetization, they make a lot of money. Their problem is purely on the cost side. They they, they blow a lot of money and a lot of nonsense, and they get, and they get nothing done. You yeah. know, you got to cut half those employees Because they're, they're busy farting each other's faces. They can't get anything done. Maybe. <laughs> they're, they're wasting a lot of time not getting anything right. done. Okay, there's a lot of inexcusable things in League of Legends. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, we've, we've dallied on this topic for a long time. It is interesting. Uh, if you guys... I want to hear what you guys think is going to happen to uh, right now. Like Omar said, they've already peaked. And once you peak, once you stop growing... You know, there's only one. There's only one way, and that's down. Uh, do you think they can release another game? They do want to be games. Uh, they're focusing on that a lot. They have several projects in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they'll succeed, or will they just flounder and shrivel up eventually? Let us know. I just hate the narrative that this this Kotaku article was about, and I think along with the Guild Wars Storm we talked about before, there's this uh, like this atta- these hit pieces on these gaming companies about misogynistic behavior and whatnot. And it's so far from the truth. I, I don't get why they're spinning these narratives. What is their goal? Uh, I think they're just having... Just a- to stir the pot, stir some shit? That, that, it seems, it, they seem so baseless after reading these. And look, I, I, I'm reading these articles, and there are some points of you know, merit, and people should be disciplined for being you know, complete assholes at the office. But nothing in that article you know, explained the toxic environment for women. Okay? It, it had nothing to do with that. I think it's a, to- it's a toxic environment for anyone uh, whose mind is not 12 years old. 
man and woman. Well, we all know if you play League of Legends, your mind is 12 years old. Okay, so <laughs> everyone's calling each other retards in, in, in yeah. chat and League of Legends anyway. So you got you got to fit your player base, you know. So it all makes sense. Yep. Well, that's that. Uh, Let's take it to another slightly sexist uh, oh, topic. Okay. We have another bit of drama this week with Ninja. Have yes, you read that one? Uh, There's a poly good Polygon article on it. I'll bring it up. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good article. Let me see what it kind got. of goes back to what we're talking about. Uh, but this one is basically Ninja, the very popular Fortnite streamer, which I'm sure all of you have heard of by now. He says he does not stream with female gamers. The only way to avoid rumors is to not play with them at all. Okay, and basically what he says is he doesn't play with female gamers, period. Because he doesn't want to create drama. He doesn't want to create gossip. He doesn't want, you know, any problems. He's very happily married, apparently. And he came to the conclusion that, you know, not because of his wife or anything. He just doesn't want to play with female gamers because people are going to start creating drama. People create rumors. Are you guys dating? And all this other nonsense. So he figures the best way to avoid that problem is to not play with any female gamers. And that's the way he handles it, right? Oh, and this led to a crazy out outcry. Well, the, for me, the most outrageous and amazing part of the story was that this man is not swinging for the home team. This guy's got a wife? I thought this guy was sucking the D. Like, look at this guy. Yeah. Yeah, look at him. He looks like a total, you know, with the, with the pink hair and everything, the way, you know. So I thought he was gay, which is fine. But apparently he's married, uh, and I, mm -hmm. I, I respect his decision. I don't know why people are complaining. And you know what the, the worst part is? The woman who feel like they're owed a chance to stream with him. They're like, you're cutting us off from this, like, you know, this ch the chance for him to boost our channels uh, while, while guys get that opportunity. This guy doesn't owe you, uh, you know, um, platform a platform yeah, yeah. What, what 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 kind of mindset is that like it's so weird to think you're owed a chance at his platform like it's his like he can play with but whoever guys he wants get it yeah it's not, guys don't get it his friends get it people who he wants to play with get it it's not like mm -hmm. you, you have no uh stake to his uh streaming channel like it, it's absurd that part is absurd okay here's 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 the real thing by the way here's here look Ninja, Ninja, I know you don't want to say it, so I'll say it for you, all right? He has, Ninja just doesn't want to play with no e-girls, all right? All right? <laughs> it has nothing to do with, you know, drama with his wife. He's, I'm sure he's cool with his wife, right? He, he doesn't want to play with e-girls, period. You know why? Because they suck at Fortnite, all right? That's, that's, that's the real reason. We all He, he can't say it, though, because he's a, he's a big-time streamer. He's got sponsors. He can't say girls suck at video games, all right? He's just saying this, this is a diplomatic approach to uh, not wanting to play with e-girls. All right? I, uh, I decoded the message for you guys, all right? Are there any good uh, female Fortnite players? I don't. I don't really follow the Fortnite. I scene. don't follow the Fortnite scene. Though, there, again, there are there are a few good league players that stream in High Diamond, and I'm sure that there's probably been a challenger stream. God, there's, there's definitely at least a one or two challenger players as well that are girls. So, so here's the question then: Would he stream with a celebrity girl? Because someone mentioned that he streamed with Drake, and Drake was bad. So would he stream with like? Uh, Hillary Clinton. Let's say, let's say for whatever. Hillary Clinton. That was, you went from Drake as your example for a male celebrity to Hillary Clinton as your female example. Well, I want you couldn't think of any like pop star. You couldn't think of anyone else. You had to go to. Okay, interesting. She's like, she wants to run for president again, you know, in a couple of years. It's like, how do I get down with the kids? Oh, the how do I get that millennial vote? The millennials. Know? We play we play the Fortnite with this pink haired gay boy who's actually get married somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more surprised that you think this guy was gay. Well, I didn't get gay vibes from him. You did not get gay vibes from a guy with pink no. hair. Oh, no. Your gator, your that gator, was, that was... gator is busted. <laughs> Usually the voice kind of tells you sometimes, but like I, I didn't really hear a gay voice from him. So okay, what about this? So what? Let's say he plays with Hillary. Yeah. Now, now is he a hypocrite? Uh yes. Okay. He would hundred percent be a hypocrite, but uh, again, I, I think the problem is he's not against playing with like like. 
famous people to support his stream and give himself exposure, right? He's he doesn't want to play with no e girls, all right? All right, that's, how, about, how about this? He, he don't play with no e thoughts. Ninja, ninja, let's e compromise. Thoughts. Let's compromise, all right? You can only play with girls that are sixes or lower, okay? <laughs> that way, you, your <laughs> wife will be safe, okay? So you only play. With, so you 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 have a you draw a straw poll in your chat when you want to play with your picture, you know, mm. profile picture of the girl you're playing with, and if she if she's rated a seven or higher, you can't play with her. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the outcry. People are, again, people are, seem to be pretty upset at this because he's not streaming with other girls. Like, you, you can think, like, it's kind of weird, but, like, why get upset over it? It seems like such a ridiculous thing to get mad about. I agree. I mean, it's his own choice. Where's the controversy? Yeah, yeah I, I don't get it. It's like, and he, yeah. It's like the same thing. I want to play with Logitech mice instead of Razer. It's like, that's his choice. You know, who cares? Uh, move on. Like, this is not, this is, this is not, the other one, the riot thing was kind of interesting, right? This, I mm -hmm. don't, I think is not a story. And if you're complaining about this, you're just really retarded. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like if it, it could be a real concern too, you know, whatever, you know, he doesn't want to create drama with his wife, you know, and playing with, you know, younger girls on, on stream regularly could, you know, create some friction there when you're on the PC all day. You know, it, it, there seems like a real thing there. I mean, it might be, it might be a little insecure too, but whatever. It, it's, it's, seems like he's got a valid reason and let him have at it. Indeed. I wish him luck. I hope Good he doesn't luck. become the next Dr. Disrespect. Bang! What's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, oh well, well, that's true. That's true. That happened. There you go. He saw what happened. Exactly. He saw what happened. He saw what happened to Doctor Disrespect, right? Yeah, yeah. He wants to avoid that. Yep, makes sense. All the groupies are going to be all over his. Uh, they want to get that victory royale, you know, and get on that. Get on that ninja D. They want to breed uh superior Fortnite playing babies, so they need that sweet ninja. Come, all right. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> this is it's getting right, weird. Let's get. Let's move on. Let's get, fine, we'll get off. We'll, we'll get off this topic though. I, I, uh, I got a good Fortnite story for you. All right, let's hear, let's hear the good Fortnite story. Okay, I don't know if you've seen this. Okay, so Fortnite devs working to segregate keyboard and mouse players. So if you're really bad at Fortnite, but you want to look like you're good, here's here's the play right now before it's too late. Play on your phone, but plug in a uh, keyboard and mouse, <laughs> as you can see in this picture, uh, and then you will be playing against other phone players by default, and they will be playing with their little <laughs> shitty touch screen. And you can just headshot them, pow, pow, pow. Oh god, that's great. That's actually amazing. I I love the accessory there. You just plug in a mouse and keyboard, and you can play perfectly on mobile. This is like the ultimate way to kick ass. All right, if you're bad at Fortnite, do this. I kind of want to try this. You just destroy people. This is amazing. I I want to do this, and just so I can say like I'm like a top one. Does does, does Fortnite have a ranking system yet? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I don't damn. think PUBG has one either, really. But I like the use of the Rubik's Cube in the background to uh, support the phone. <laughs> this is a masterful setup. This is an A-plus uh, gaming uh, setup. So, this guy's a professional gamer here. He's a hardcore gamer. I can imagine this guy just like, sitting at the sitting at like the cafeteria with, with this setup. Right here. <laughs> Fucking wrecking these kids. This proves to me that gaming addiction exists. Now, this guy wants to kick ass, right? He's basically, it's basically a form of cheating to a degree. <laughs> Rate my, my battle, battle session. <laughs> I love this I picture. Love it. The struggle is real, build. So, what do you think about yeah. this, though? Uh, do you think Unreal should Epic should uh, segregate players? Yeah, uh, they have to. They have to. Otherwise, this guy's playing at an unbelievable advantage over anyone else playing on their actual touchscreen. It's night and day. You know, you try. I tried playing Fortnite on my phone, and it, it generally functions. But you were playing at a complete disadvantage of mouse and keyboard. The precision controls, the better movement. It's it's night and day. You have to. You have to separate. Otherwise, they will completely destroy the. It's it's no different than than hacking to a degree in terms of like the outcome, right? The outcome is the guys with the mouse and keyboard will destroy anyone else. So you, you have to segregate. You, you got to ban those clients. You got to be able to ban them or segregate them somehow. It's a pretty funny story though. It is indeed.
Alright, alright. Alright, Alright, Enough drama. We gotta talk a little about Battle for Azeroth. Uh, probably the biggest MMORPG launch of the year. I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, it's, I guess, an expansion launch. Yeah. What do you think, we both we both downloaded and started playing it a bit yesterday. So what are what are your thoughts so far? Well, I took a few. I'm only level one thirteen. Uh, the new max level is one twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Filthy casual. I I, I I have a friend who hit one twenty last night. No way. Yep. Really? They were once they were one sixteen within five hours of launch. Yikes! I feel like I played at least five hours. I'm <laughs> I'm watching all the story. I'm I'm reading the dialogue. I'm immersed. Yeah, so and then there are multiple people who hit once one twenty within six hours, and then and then wow. they, my friend hit once twenty before they went to bed uh, last night. Pretty impressive. So that is pretty impressive. Um, besides that, I think the graphics have aged really well. They're doing a good job keeping the zones interesting. They're like the, mm-hmm. I like the the fact that the view distance is very nice. Like when you're in a high building, you look down, it looks great, even though it's a very old game. Mm-hmm. Uh, gameplay is about as what I remember. You you don't really die questing anymore. No, uh, it, it's impossible. I, I've, I've been saying this since I played Mr. Pandaria. They've made the leveling experience and the questing experience basically uh, brain dead easy. Now I made a lot of fun. Of, I made fun of Final Fantasy XIV quite a bit for the ridiculously easy main story content and the regular dungeons and the normal normal mode raids. And Final Fantasy and, and uh, World of Warcraft is basically the same way. You know, you, you do the quests and you have no chance of dying. Monsters do nothing. You can just pull everything you want and everything is easy peasy. But of course, once you do mythic raids, it's a whole different story. Yep. Uh, besides that, uh, what I didn't like was the fact that they still have two hundred plus servers for the yeah, game. Yeah, it's awful. They really should do some mergers. I don't know why uh, they're not. They have a lot of. They have really intense sharding technology where you can be in a in an out, outside zone, uh, and then there are multiple versions of it, right, mm-hmm. across your cluster of servers. So they clearly have the technology to do that for the whole. North American region. Like, I don't know why they don't do that. Because server transfers make them millions of dollars every quarter. That's why. Yeah, I guess so. That's probably has to be it. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, they make so much money. And I think you can do, uh, you can change from Horde to Alliance, Alliance to Horde for 25 bucks as well. So all these little microtransactions add up. I mean, I, I would love to see a breakdown between how much money World of Warcraft makes from subscriptions and microtransactions. I think microtransactions make up more than most people think. Uh, ben Asami, we have not done dungeons yet. Hopefully today or tomorrow we'll all meet up uh, and do a dungeon. Uh, Omar and I are playing with a few friends. And mm-hmm. when, when we're ready to do a dungeon, we will stream it. Um, and we will stream a little bit of gameplay grinding in the post game. Mm-hmm. Until then. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, again, I've talked to a couple of friends too. And they, they've all told me that the leveling dungeons in World of Warcraft are actually much easier than the Final Fantasy XIV one. And I, I've made fun of Final Fantasy XIV for being brain dead. So the leveling experience in... Uh, at least the dungeons in World of Warcraft should be more brain dead, apparently. So what did you think about the Sylvanas being evil and the whole uh, Blight, Blight thing? I know Blight is a big issue with a lot of the lore, with a lot of people on the forums, basically saying that use of Blight in any way is like the worst thing they can do, and that like, it's unrealistically evil. And more importantly, in that opening uh, Battle for Lordaeron event, well, cutscene or a little story mission, did you decide, did you use the Blight on the enemies, or did you decide not to? I used the Blight. Good choice. I did too. Yeah. Use I, all weapons at disposal. Indeed, I, I didn't have a. My only issue with the okay with the expansion is I don't know if they did this in the previous ones, but the first hour you play, you got to do these these two story events, which which takes mm-hmm. about an hour I'd say to do both. Which I guess is cool if you like story, but um, I don't know. I, I just felt like it kind of took. It, I didn't feel like I was playing the game until I got to the new zone. So each each you know horde alliance each have their own new zone, I, and uh, about an hour in. I found myself in the troll capital, the new troll capital area. Mm-hmm. And that's when I felt like I started playing the game. 
Before yeah. that, I was like watching this slightly interactive cutscene, right? It's like, yeah. it's like you're in Stormwind, right? You're breaking in. It's like move forward five steps. Okay, a little scene plays out. Move forward five more steps. Okay, another scene plays out. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's cool kind of, but like it's not challenging. I can't die. So it kind of loses some uh, oomph. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But it was kind of cool to get the the story presented in like such a cinematic and interesting, a cinematic way. You know, it's it's. I don't know. I think it set the stage pretty well for for the overarching story for Battle for Azeroth. I thought that was kind of cool, but it did kind of a big delay between we can actually play the game. Yeah, and they did the same thing this time as they did the last expansion, where uh, there's there's like three zones, and you can do them in any order. So they scale up with you level wise. So yeah. the levels don't actually mean anything. Uh, you just do all the quests and all the zones. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. So Binsami said, uh, usually the dungeons took at least a little effort at the beginning of the expansion when they are new, but it seems like Battle for Atheros expansion, you can literally ignore every single mechanic and not wipe, which is actually, it does frustrate me a lot. I, I've been complaining about this for Final Fantasy XIV quite a bit, but why are those mechanics even in the game if you can literally ignore all of them? I mean, you should at least have some effort to put in before, you know, you should you should be punished for just being a retard. It's that simple, you know? But it's bizarre that so many MRPGs went with this route where all the leveling experience and all the normal content you have to do anyway is like brain dead. I, I just wish they had an optional, more challenging mode, or just at least make it more engaging. That you get at least a list of the mechanics. Because the problem is when you get to end game, and you you play through the like the the stupid easy leveling, you you it doesn't equip you for the harder content. It, it just it's just really weird. Uh, it makes the it makes like doing the dungeon, seeing the cutscene of defeating the epic boss. It doesn't feel epic. It doesn't feel like well that was really cool because I defeated this, overcame this really hard challenge. No, you just face roll your keyboard and and, and beat it. Yeah, I'll have to wait till I again. I had not done a WoW dungeon since Vanilla, guys. So I have no uh, comparison. I, so I will, I will give you my opinion on it uh, next week for sure. Probably later mm -hmm. this week. Uh, but I know, I know. Yeah. Go ahead. So far, unless you're, you know, there are some pro players that are power leveling, like I said. But so far, if you're just playing at a casual pace and just doing the quest one by one, uh, I like the pacing of the leveling. It took me, you know, all night yesterday, pretty much like six hours to get like three levels, two three levels. So I think it's pretty good leveling pacing. If anything, a little bit too fast, if anything. But uh, I felt like I was exploring the zone, you know, little by little, and I was unlocking more of the zone. So I felt that was nice. The, the, the mm. quest, a lot. There's a lot more uh, uh, voice lines in the quest now than before. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a solid experience. You know, I mean, it, it is so far exactly what I expected. I think uh, I'm really holding out to at least try some raids because. It wasn't until I really started raiding Final Fantasy XIV that I really, really started enjoying the game. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some heroic and mythic raids. I'm sure I think you can do some like I'm sure there's a four-man difficult dungeon still. I know Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy XIV does not have like four-man difficult content, and it's, actually they just added it recently. But it's it's one thing that the game's been missing. So I know WoW had that for a long time. So maybe we can try running you know you and me, Gumble, and Knack or somebody else can just run a four-man hard dungeon, which would be pretty fun. But I'm looking forward to trying that, and I think then I'll see if I really like the game or not. But until then, I'm still enjoying the leveling, even though it's like, it's stupid easy. You know, I like I like to I'll watch a podcast or listen to something on my other monitor while while doing the leveling process, so it becomes yes. you know more more tolerable. And it, it's a nice way to turn your brain off and just just go with what's happening on the screen. And for some reason, it's still fun. You know, this, it, it's still fun even though it's easy. But I just wish it was a little more challenging. Yep. Um, let's see. Besides that, we got the release of Monster Hunter World a few days ago, and it, it is way more popular on Steam than I thought it would be. I thought that everyone who really wanted to play wouldn't have waited, waited this long. They were just played on the PlayStation. But I was wrong. It is uh, It was pretty popular. I'll show you the Steam charts. Uh, we haven't played it, but I see a lot of friends on Steam who are on this game. 
Yeah, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's like they're on a maintenance now or something. Oh yeah, it's down right now. Rift. No, no, they still no, they, they still have 164,000 players online. So they peaked at 315,000 in 24 hours. All-time peak of 330,000. The game is off to a pretty incredible start. Uh, the biggest problem, of course, as anyone guessed, is going to be server connectivity issues. Uh, first of all, Capcom or a lot of Japanese game developers aren't very good at making PC games, and they don't really are familiar with the infrastructure at least. So PC launch issues should not be surprising. So they're mainly console gamers over. I Japan, don't think, so. look. They waited this long, presumably to optimize the PC version, yeah. and and they failed. They had their time, and if you can, if you look on Steam right now, if you look at the reviews, forty six percent are positive, which means fifty four percent of reviews right now are negative, and the primary concern there is multiplayer. PCs. Multiplayer doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. You can get disconnected all the time. That's the biggest problem. Network errors. Is going to be, and that's why they're leaving negative reviews. I, again, I think people are still having a lot of fun. The guys leaving negative reviews have played 55 hours in like the first two days. Like the first two days, three days of launch, people have 50 hours in the game or more. And they're leaving negative reviews. Come on, dude. There's launch issues. I get it. But I, no, I don't no, no, think no, that's no. This fair is not a, No, this is not an MRPG. You're not allowed to have launch issues in, in this kind of game. Okay, you're just not allowed. So, you're not allowed. So I'll tell won't allow it. My burn toast linked a good article. Apparently, uh, China is uh, re- in removing yeah, I read this the world. There. And ten cents offering refunds. So I, that's that's a problem. I wonder if Steam will follow suit. It has, it has nothing to do with uh, connectivity issues. Why that's happening? Because the Chinese Communist Party had a problem with like the way the corpses looked in the game, and we all know China is about censorship of those corpses. So that was the problem with the game. Get wrecked. Can't see the corpses. Can't see the corpse. That's why a lot of the corpse, like the instead of zombies, are skeletons. Like zombies are like I guess not okay in Chinese uh, Chinese lore, Chinese culture. But that's, that seems the biggest problem with the game, which is it's such a big launch. Too. I think they, they had over 1 million pre orders, and 44 bucks each is over $44 million they're going to be refunding. And that's 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 a big setback for the game in China. But it, it, the game is already booming in uh, in, you know, in Japan and the US already. I mean, it's, it's sold so many copies. It's, Cap, it's Capcom's best selling game ever. Wow. So it's off to a strong start. I've been tempted to play it, but my hands are kind of occupied with, um, with World of Warcraft now and Final Fantasy XIV and some other games right now. It's, 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 it's on. It's on my wish list, but I'm not. You know, I, I don't have time to play it right now. Let's, let's let's get it for PS4 when it's twenty bucks. So I'd rather get it on PC. I'm not. No, the PC well, wants to be better. It's not gonna be better. They don't know. To, we just said they don't. They don't the know how to make PC games. Be better. It runs smoothly. Yeah, yeah. But the connectivity issues are the problem right now. They'll be fixed in a few months. In, in, in one month, all those problems will be fixed. All right, we'll wait. We'll wait till they fix I, it. Up. Everyone, I know people that played both the PC and console version, and the PC one is way better. The biggest problem is is the network problems and the disconnections. And all again, right. those are gonna be fixed eventually. It's no big deal. Yeah, so I think that's a good idea. By the time we burn out on WoW, we can try this one for yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah, that that'll be the that'll be the plan. Unskippable unskippable cutscenes. Always always a mark of good uh good gameplay design. All right, speaking of going back to a hardcore experience, all right. MapleStory announced their uh their lab server, which is finally live. Anyone can play it right now. It's pretty badass. So if you never heard of it, it's actually really cool. So they have a custom server in MapleStory called their lab server now. It just uh, it launched, I think, just this last week. And it allows, it's basically a pretty hardcore server with permadeath. It makes it so uh, if you die in that server, you reset back to level one. It's a permadeath server. Wow. And it's and not only that, so you, your normal MapleStory experience, not only is it permadeath, it's actually even more hardcore than that. Monsters have like twice the HP as a regular server and five times the stats. Five and times. Five times the stats. And, and on top of that, potions have a 10 second cooldown. So you can't just spam the shit out of your potions. That's the way a big you deal. In That's a big deal. The potion thing makes it so you can't grind monsters that you that are too hard. So it's 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 meant to be a very difficult game. It's meant to be more challenging, which is pretty badass because it's very easy to die in Middle Story. I mean, you, if you ever 
you know, lapse of judgment, you just don't pay attention for a second, or you go to too high area, you could die very easily. So it's a very cool experience. The server, it's only going to be running till uh, August 28th. And I think depending on how, how high level you get or how much you play, you do get rewards you can carry over with you on your primary server. But it's a really cool, I think this lab server is a really cool way for Nexon to experiment with like different rule sets for a server. If they find something that works, they could create maybe a, like a pre-Big Bang server, you know, a classic MapleStory server. And yeah, if, if it does well on the lab server, they'll, they'll launch an official version of it. They might launch like five official, they might launch like different, a whole bunch of servers with different rule sets, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, and it's amazing to see that Nexon is uh, still experimenting with with you know their, one of their bread and butter games. You know, this and DFO are basically Nexon's uh, primary games, and they're both very old, and they're both still seeing you know active uh, development. And MapleStory One is still doing really well. I think uh, oh you know both DFO and MapleStory One are doing remarkable despite their age. I think MapleStory actually I think I read the next time released their earnings report uh, this last week as well. I put an article on that too. They talk about how MapleStory is still doing really well after all these years. The revenue is actually still going up for Maple Story, so that game is still killing it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, any word on MS2, or are we still just waiting? We're still waiting on Maple Story 2. I think it's going to be launching, uh, my guess is like October, is, is my guess from beta. So on the, on the Nexon front, um, interestingly enough, we did get kind of a tease for Moonlight Blade. Do you remember that one? The Chinese MRPG? Vaguely. Yeah, they, they, I think for the first time, they listed it on their pipeline for North America and the rest of the world release. So Moonlight Blade is now on the North America release pipeline on okay. their earnings report. So that doesn't mean anything just yet. Yeah, all we know is it's it's more likely to happen now. Uh, no exact release date either or, or, or any real release schedule, but it's it's on there. It's it's on their you know, to-do list now on their pipeline. So that might actually happen. Uh, PC is still a big moneymaker for, for Nexon. I think 70, 77% of their revenues come from PC and only 23% from mobile right now. So P- there's still very much a PC uh, game developer because of Basically, basically, almost entirely because of Dungeon Fighter Online and MapleStory. Yep. We have uh, one more big announcement this week. Maybe we can go back to complaining about sexism. But uh, Black Desert Online remaster was revealed. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, I'll tell you, you should put that on. It looks pretty gorgeous. All right. One sec. Let me... I'll give you the link. Uh, it'll be launching on August 22nd. So this game already looks beautiful. And they're going to do a big uh, graphical overhaul for it. Along with... Uh, and the remastered audio as well. So both visuals and audio are getting improved on August 22nd. They actually announced a few other goodies too. I thought it would be just the new graphics, but they announced the new class, the Male Ranger, as well as an entirely new territory, changes the marketplace system, and a ton of other goodies. Basically just a ton of other content updates coming real soon too. But all we know, on August 22nd, the new graphics and new audio will be released. The other stuff with the new class, new territory, won't be coming until later. But it's cool to tease that too. So more stuff to look forward to. And now we know it's all free, right? It's a, it's a patch. Not like it's something yeah, 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 okay. yeah. It should be free. That's good. Yeah, if they charge money for that, they can't leave. But it looks beautiful. I mean, I, I'm gonna launch the game again just after the remastered version. This is how gorgeous it looks. The character yeah. models look incredible, though. Like if you go to like 122, and well, you'll get there eventually too. But it did look so good. It did look beautiful. Like it looks unbelievable. Obviously, you can't see those details when you're like killing things, but like when you zoom into your character, the intricacies on your character's clothes, whoo, A plus. Damn, yeah, you're right. Those are some quality waifus. You know what I didn't like about BDL? Hmm. The uh, combat animations. There's too much light, especially the, the default like auto attacks and stuff. They're yeah. a little more yeah. subtle. Like there's too much going on when you're just spamming all your attacks. Because when you land your attacks too, like like little like slash lines appear appear yep. on the screen, and you can't really see anything, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Some moves seem a little over exaggerated as well. But yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll give that a shot when it comes out. 
See I'm definitely launching it just yeah. for the just for the graphics. You know, I'm not sure. I'm I'm, not, I'm probably not gonna go back to it, but I, I do want to just see the graphics in action because how beautiful this game looked. Mm-hmm. Shoot that. Yeah, that's the, that's the next big thing on the on the radar over here. We also got a new game announcement too. Uh, I'm not really too excited for it because I never played the original Torchlight, but Perfect World is now making Torchlight Frontiers. And uh, yeah. Torchlight did really well. Uh, the, or, the original Torchlight 1 and 2 games did really well, but they really weren't MMOs, you know? They were basically just like, basically single-player experience. I think Torchlight 2 had some like duo multiplayer experience, but Torchlight Frontiers will be more MMO-esque. But they're not calling it MMO, Altai. Do you know what they're calling it? They're calling it a shared world. I hate that yes, term. Yes, there's that word, boys. That's like the fake MMO word. Yep, you hear that one a lot these days. Apparently the game is playable too, so you'll they're showing off a Gamescom and PAX West, so we might get more gameplay trailers soon. But I mean, I guess it's hopefully pretty close to release if they're letting people try it out. You know, it's odd how much uh, your preference for like uh, graphic style can matter, because a lot of people I know don't like the visual style in Path of Exile, right? They just don't like that look, mm -hmm. that like you know dark Western fantasy look. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the opposite. I love that look, and I don't. I'm not, I was never a fan of the torchlight aesthetic. It, does, it seems a little odd for an action RPG to me. In the video, the character models, like their faces look really weird. This is probably a cutscene, though, so it's not really representative of the game. Like that that, that king-looking guy, he's, he's, he looks very jarring and weird, his art style. Like, if you're going to go to cartoony art style, I have pretty high standards. I like the Fortnite look, I like the Overwatch look, and I love the WoW look. But the but the Torchlight, Torchlight 2 looked good. But this, this cutscene announcement trailer looks really, really bad in my eyes. I don't know, I, I don't like it. It looks very cheap. I don't like it. I don't know if it's cheap or not. It's this just... trailer looks awful. It's it's like a it's like a pretty useless reveal trailer. We'll, we'll have to wait. To, we see some gameplay after those conventions, and then we'll see if it's uh, any good. And this is some weird CGI trailer. So I, I don't know who they hired to make this, but it's disgusting. It, it's really bad for like. This is acceptable for like a Kickstarter game, maybe, but like that's really it. Like if, if a high budget, you know, a decent looking Kickstarter game had this, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know, but. In a perfect world and Torchlight. He's like Torchlight's a big franchise. They sold millions of copies. This is this is not acceptable. This is this is well, this is a no moss. We'll we'll see what the gameplay is like. I don't want to judge it by some useless reveal. A lot of companies their reveal trailer is even worse. It's like thirty seconds and it's like concept art with like some yeah, dialogue, yeah, like, like in a true. world by storm, blah blah blah. Like we yeah. coming soon. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you do an like, if you could do a like a cinematic trailer, it's got to be really badass, or just show us gameplay. Like literally, I guarantee if they just showed us like the most mundane gameplay with some music in the background, it would be better than this. Like yeah. nobody wants this subpar garbage cutscene video. If that's... you want to, like, if you go all out with a cutscene and you put like Blizzard like cutscenes, that's fine. That's acceptable. You know, I'd rather see gameplay, but like that's still gonna get me hyped. If you give this this, this subpar garbage like cutscene like, cinematic video, forget it. I'd rather just not get that at all. Uh, this yeah. is like anti hype. Uh, Rage Gamer, you bring up a, you bring up a good point. I think I, I think I agree with you. I think back in the day of like really early uh, 2D or 3D gaming, cinematics were kind of cool to convey story. But today, with how good gameplay can look, there's really no reason not to have inclined cutscenes. Like if you're gonna have a cutscene for story, it's got to be uh, captured with in game with the, with the UI turned off. It can't be this bullshit like you know cinematic that has nothing to do with the game. Uh, that you're right. That's a total waste of time and money today. It definitely made sense back in like the PlayStation One days, you know, but not today. Yeah. Not today is totally pointless. I agree with you. Even even the good ones, like by Riot or or Blizzard, I no longer see a point. It should be in client. Have the units, you know, if they're fighting each other for some big battle, do it in client with the units, and then that'll be cool. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, hopefully we'll see some actual gameplay soon. But uh, yeah, that's that's that.
Anything else on that? Yeah, I had, a, I had a fun story. A um, little industry news here. Discord is trying to compete with Steam. What do you think of that? They have launched their... They have uh, a chance. They have, they have a, chance? a good chance. Okay. They have a chance. Ready? The, the What was the other one? Like GOG and stuff had no chance because Steam had the entire market for community features completely cornered, right? Why would anybody use GOG or any of those other launchers when you Steam combines both the store and the social elements of invite? All your friends are already on Steam. You can easily invite them to your games, right? So there was no reason to use GOG or anything else. But Discord, on the other hand, has the social stuff completely dominated. Nobody uses like Twitch, uh, uh, Steam, like streaming, or even like Twitch messaging is probably going on, on the way down. I don't message anybody on Steam anymore, and why would I? I message my Discord. Yeah. So I think it's much, I think it's much easier, I think, for uh, for for Discord to go after Steam's market than it is for Steam to go for the community market. I think they, I think, I think Steam lost the community market. They had a chance to be the Discord, but I guess they never took the community features very seriously. So I think there's a good there's a good chance that Discord can you know, encroach on their territory. I mean, yeah. I use yeah. I, I would I would I would prefer to if this if I can install my if I can install my games on Discord, I would. You know. Yeah, and and I like that. So here's what they said so far. Obviously, they're small, so maybe they have to say this just because they have a small library. But they mm-hmm. they want to differentiate themselves from Steam by uh, having a smaller but curated library. And this is something Omar, you and I talked about and disagreed about in the past, where I think the the mobile gaming ports, the shitty you know asset flips. Uh, the ten-year-old crappy Korean MMOs relaunching on uh, Steam, all that mm-hmm. takes a, all of that takes a toll on the quality of the average game. Your chance of landing on an average good game is going down on Steam. Uh, so what Discord is trying to do is have a, a curated offering of games, uh, and each game is in a personalized uh, note uh, about the game from a staff member at Discord. Wow, so I, they, that's pointless. I think the curation is unnecessary. They're trying to emulate this feel of like those uh, independent bookstores where mm-hmm. uh, there'll be little reviews under the books by the staff at the at the bookstore. So I don't know if this is just temporary until they actually get bigger, and then they can say, you know, screw our little kitschy joke. We're, we're just going to have everything. But I really think there's a marketplace out there for a curated uh, platform where every you know that every game on that platform is at least good, whereas Steam is just littered with these mobile gaming ports and all this garbage uh yeah i i, I think if if discord wants to take on steam what they got to do is they got to they got to get a big big game and get it on exclusively on on discord imagine before monster Hunter world launch right imagine discord became the exclusive pc you can only get the pc version of monster Hunter world through discord now obviously the steam store is bigger i think the numbers are nine million users nine million daily active users on Discord right now and like 30 million on Steam. But if you can if you can pay Capcom, so you charge them no fees and you, you give them like $20 million up front if they just use you exclusively. That would that would kickstart uh Discord's you know platform or their store, I think incredibly. I mean they can't do it with Monster of the World now, but they wait for a next big game to launch, they can get their foot in the door and just I think and if it works, people will like it a lot. That'd well, be the best way I think for them to, to expand. Well they are doing that, but not with big games like Monster Hunter. They have a yeah, system a really called obscure game. First on Discord initiative, they're going to pay indie games uh, a lump sum of cash uh, mm-hmm. to get 90-day uh, exclusive you know, launch on Discord. And after the 90 days, they're free to launch anywhere else they want. True. So we'll see if that can yield any good results. But there are a lot of good indie games out there that really blew up. And if, if Discord can find one, uh, they can really take the – you know they can blow up the platform with them. Yeah, uh, that, that that's the plan, I think. And I think uh, they have a pretty – Pretty reasonable threat to Steam. I think this is the most credible threat to Steam since basically forever. Windows Store had no chance because they were all they were were a store with no community features. Discord's got all the community stuff locked down. 
I'll tell you, do you, do you use Steam messaging that often anymore? No. Almost never. Like, why would I message someone on, on Steam? I messaged him on, on Discord. And the funny yeah, thing I, about that I is... I don't use Skype either. Yeah. And the funny thing is, uh, Steam actually tried to upgrade their chat recently to kind of compete with Discord, but I think it kind of mm-hmm. was too too little too late. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... They could compete with it. I believe in them. I think they can do it. You believe in it? All right. Let's, we'll see how they do. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Unless you got anything else... Uh, the drama was the most exciting bit, and I'm still I'm still a little uh, peeved about that that article. It seems like it seems pretty unfair. Uh, I guess it's a hit piece, boys. It's a hit piece. Boo hoo! All right, you want to go to the post game and play some WoW? All right, that sounds good. We can just play some WoW. All right, yeah. guys, thanks for watching. Uh, and thanks for you. watching on YouTube, guys. And we're gonna continue into the post game for a bit later for YouTube. Take it easy.